welcome to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Nay. I'm Michael. I'm Brennan. Hi. (laughs) And with us, we have a very special guest, uh, Cameron Johnson. And we have never, I have never been happier to meet someone and have someone on this show. This is so exciting. As I am right now. Most people um, despise me. So this is a welcome (laughs) change. Well, I don't know you. you. So I might later. I know know Cameron. Um, Michael See him here and there. I enjoy We go to the movies often. It's a delight. I enjoy him. It's fun. He let me forget his name several times. It was good. (laughs) So yeah, I'm Cameron Johnson. I write for a television show uh, called Empire. We do a lot of wig slapping and uh, (laughs) uh, wig snatching, hair pulling, references to lace fronts and hip hop. Um, and Perfect. I do that. I write other things. I'm funny on the internet sometimes. Very. I'm Cameron J. Awesome on the Twitter, and, and I post thirst traps in jumpsuits on Instagram at the same handle, Cameron J. Awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a one stop sure. shop. That's it's a, a one stop shop. It's amusement. Because the thing is, you can't try to be pretty and not be funny, because otherwise you're just Satan. Like you. <laughs> The, the Instagram people who are like, I'm pretty and like, I like, I'm gonna like, here's a, a roomy quote. I'm like, you should just, why aren't you dead? Like, why? Oh, I'm kind of with you. Yeah. My, yeah. My favorite pointless, uh, like thirst trap quote was, I'm the captain now. And then it just said, anonymous. And it's like, <laughs> we've all seen the trailer to Captain Phillips. We've all seen Captain Phillips. We all know that that was the one Ethiopian dude who said that to Somali dude. I'm sorry. Who said that to Tom Hanks on a cruise ship somewhere in Rio Del Rey. So like, yeah. that's yeah. not. I also love like the f- cup of coffee that, you know, is empty. Mm-hmm. Fluffed bulge. Mm-hmm. And then either. <laughs> Stuffed bulge. Not like, just fluffed. yeah, like they spent time on that. Mm-hmm. And then either a quote. But it doesn't say any, like it's just words and quotes, mm-hmm. but they don't cite the source or it's my Angelo. <laughs> right. Or it's, my favorite actually it's like, are people who the- quote themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's a phenomenon among my people, my people being the black homosexual, um, <laughs> to be like in a boss bitch moment. Uh, and like, and especially a lot of these girls from like DC or Atlanta or the Southeast generally, I don't know what it is. It's like, it comes with the Popeyes. It says, quote yourself on Instagram. And so they do. And then it's just like such and such, you know, they tell you believe in yourself, but I believed in me, me. <laughs> it's just, I, yeah, it's uh, great. I love it. I kind of live for that. I mean, I really, do yeah, no, that, I, I do. I probably stand. Okay. I think I do because I'm like, first of all, whatever black girls are doing, everybody else is about to start. Right. They're going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, if no one else is going to quote you and you're saying some fire shit, you know what, girl? Quote yourself. Me. Quote yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Dash me. (laughs) Period. Dash. Where they write their whole name out. (laughs) Jamarcus Jones. The fourth. Like, I just, I love it. It makes me happy. But yeah. I will uh, translate for our white audience. It's like the back of a Danielle Steele novel. Um, most of her pictures are her posing in front I'm of lost, a portrait guys. of herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm losing her author. <laughs> Fun fact, my dad lives six houses from Danielle Steele in San Francisco. What? Oh so yes, it is. It's a, So this is a wonderful full circle moment of cultural wow. uh, Danielle Steele. <sighs> I work at a bookstore. <laughs> I so see a lot great. of things. It's like she's her own like pictures of herself. Reviewer. Wow. This oh, book is a amazing. A full on oil Steel. portrait. <laughs> and she's perched on top of a couch so you can see the portrait. And then she's just kind of at the bottom of the I've said this a few times in the past six months. I just want to be a white woman for like 10 years. Oh, like yeah. Just, no. just yeah. for 10 years, maybe like 50 to 60. I just, <laughs> they seem to like do well in that period. I want to pose in front of portraits. I want to wear a lot of leopards. Oh, like ages oh, yeah. 50 yes. to 60? No, I just, just, no, I don't want their health issues. I just want to be, <laughs> I don't want to look like 
<laughs> what I look so like. Nancy Meyers. You want to look like, 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 like a character in Nancy Meyers movie? Yeah. Oh God. I want their kitchens though. This is what I'm talking about. I want their kitchens. I want some sort of Porsche. I just and I want to yell at managers and not feel not realize that like they have no control over what's happening. The thing I love about their kitchen is like the amount of bread. Yes. That they eat. They have stocked. Give me some bread. I miss bread. I oh wow. No, I often I we've talked about this many times that I will try to invoke the inner the a white woman Mm -hmm. when I want to feel entitled, Mm -hmm. when I want (laughs) when I want to speak to the manager. (laughs) You know, something like that. And I'll be like, would a white woman do this? Would would she ask for this? Would she assume That this is for her, and the answer is usually the yes. The answer is yes. I'm like, mom, would you? <laughs> would you be mad if the restaurant is a little chilly, even though you should have brought in a sweater and there's waiters working their asses off who are probably not cold? Yes, you would. Mm-hmm. You would ask them to turn the air down? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. That's beautiful. Can I text your mom? Like, yeah. I, there are a number of situations where it's like, do I, Cameron, I, like, I just, you want to be like, we're at the national museum of African American history. <laughs> and I just, is that this slave exhibit is making me uncomfortable. Can I complain and have it covered up? I think the answer is, is yes. <laughs> right. I think that's what we want. We should all have access to dab. Oh God. Dab sounds great. Her mom's what initials. Dab, dab sounds great. Oof. She, you know, she has her fun she times. She has her fun times. She has her fun times. <laughs> um, what I will say though, is that, wait, are you talking about recently those folks that were like, um, this tour of the plantation just mentioned too much slavery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you like not make it such a downer? So do you guys yes, know the story? Literally. You know story? I know the yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny. No, it's, abs- it's like it's, absurdly funny. I should say I, I would never think so. I've, I've visited a plantation before and when I did it, it was like a solemn, mm-hmm. scary, sad Absolutely. experience because you know, you're driving around it's something about Louisiana specifically just feels real slavey. Like that's where it's where it's, it's very concentrated there. <laughs> It's thick. It's the it's, cappuccino of slavery. It's, 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 it's humid. There's moss on the trees. Right? It's, my skin is reacting. It likes it, but it wants to go home. And <laughs> if I had hair still, it'd be curlier. It would be. It would mm-hmm. look like it would be voluptuous and beautiful and moisturized like yours, but oh it's, it's not. Um, but with that said, we go. You go to the plantation. You're just like this is like. I get this is a pretty building, but this is really sad and Absolutely. horrible. And I think about the people who looked like me who built that shit. And then mm-hmm. I got back in my rented Kia and drove to New Orleans to have hurricanes. No part of me went to the the plantation for enjoyment. And it seems to me that like these women, uh, when they're in their Yelp review, they went to the plantation because they wanted to have like a sunny afternoon. Mm-hmm. And like, like pic- just for pictures, pictures too, right? for, for the gram. Like, what are you, and did they have kids with them? Was that part of it? I just, I just don't, I don't know why you would go to like this. I don't like, I mean, there are some gays. You ruined my good time at the old at the slavery, old slavery plantation. <laughs> you like, did. I'm sorry. The genocide of my people like, right. ruined. Did that make you uncomfortable? Op. My bad. You know, the other, another fun one though, is there are gays who it's very popular in like certain parts of Europe to take your grinder and scruff photos at the Holocaust Memorial. No. What is that about? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Like with the tall things that aren't graves, but are what the fuck is wrong to, with people. The, and there's like, they, they go, they take the shirt off. The lighting is good. Click, click. And that's the photo. That's oh. just so <laughs> Look, do, you, do you need some lampposts like a LACMO? We can mail you some. You're right. <laughs> like, if you want tall, structures i will photoshop you in like look betsy you can come to la go to the botanical (laughs) gardens (laughs) and chet you can come to la and do the 
and just trap away on those light bulbs on Wilshire. Go for it. Swing yourself around. You're the first person that's ever done it. Right? We'll, let you, right. we'll let you feel there that way. There won't be anyone out there. So you'll have plenty of room to take nope. pictures. Yeah. No one's ever All thought good. to do that before, Chet. Oh, my God. Well, I learned something new already. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what, have we, what have we been watching recently? Or reading? Oh, I rewatched. Um, Never Sleep Again documentary because mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just felt like it. Um, it's the Nightmare on Elm Street okay. series documentary. It's literally four hours long. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Okay. Uh-huh. I watched it over three nights. I was house sitting for some friends and oh, yeah, with I, the cat uh, with the dog. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did the cat the like two hours early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I actually preferred. I was, was watching Mark's house. Oh, I had a little Sam. Oh, Sam. Yeah. Oh my Sam god. So yeah. So Sam cute. yelled at me and then was like, "I need you to be my best friend." Oh, yeah. like, I, just, I relate to that. It's yeah, <laughs> it's like I need you to yells. Gets it all out. And then he's like, can I sit next to you? Oh my you? God. I <laughs> love Schnauzer. Yeah. Sam is so cute. Yeah. yeah. So I was watching our old co-host Mark's house while he was on a location Sail. scout for a movie. And uh, I have like, when I watch people's houses, I don't want to mess with their like curated apps like Hulu, Netflix and everything like mm-hmm. that. So like Shutter was what I watched the entire time they were hmm. gone. Cause Shutter just, yeah, it's shutter. Um, it does it, it. They don't like, you know, a profile. You also like, won't watch one thing on shutter and then they recommend 95 things that are just like that exact thing. Like they do right. on like Netflix and right. mm-hmm. so I watched that. What documentary. Is, um, just for, what is shutter? Shut, you, do you know what you don't know what shutter is? Or am I saying this for the audience? No, I don't know what shutter is. Shutter is literally the horror genre is Netflix. Oh, okay. It's cool. the best thing. It's 4.99 a month. They have a really good shit on really there. good okay. movies. Yeah. yeah. Including Tigers are not afraid, which is yes. currently streaming. Mm. And Horror Noir, the history of mm. black horror. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um that was like a Shutter original. Okay, wow. Yeah. Um there's some like really great classic stuff. Giallos are all over mm-hmm. there, which is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um it's just curated really well. Like I love yeah. their categories too. Yeah. Um, but the never sleep again documentary is on there. So I watched it over like three nights and it's just so good. You guys ever seen that? Mm-mm. Yeah. It's like I a, have, have you seen it Cameron? Mm-mm. It's just a deep I had dive to kill in high school. Yeah. It's oh, okay. the, yeah. the same people did a Friday the 13th one and that's yeah, six like, hours yep. and 40 minutes. Oh, yes, it is. And okay. it's amazing. They're both amazing. <clears throat> and it's just like a dig, a big deep dive into the history of Nightmare on Elm Street. So it goes through every movie essentially from pre-production through release and just talks about the impact mm-hmm. stuff that they had going on in the film, um, how stuff came together, scripts that were rejected, just all this cool stuff. And I'm like, at least once a year I have like a, a moment in time where I'm like, I miss Wes Craven who I never knew, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he just like, I love hearing him speak. And I think he's like, was such an, a brilliant speaker and interviewer and just like so smart with the way he just talked about like the necessity of the horror genre in our lives. Mm-hmm. And he's all over that documentary, obviously, because he created Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's just so I was like needing a Wes Craven fix. And he's, just, he's like, I forgot how funny he can be, too. And he's really funny in that documentary. So I highly recommend if you have like. Yeah. 30 minutes a night for like a week, <laughs> turn it into a miniseries. Yeah, because you can watch one movie at a time. And go, I'll watch the section on Nightmare 2 tomorrow and then Nightmare 3 the day after and stuff. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's cool. And they get a lot of the, almost all of the cast members from all seven films. Seven films are in it except 
Patricia Arquette obviously didn't participate in the documentary, but almost every single one of them did. And Heather Langenkamp narrates it. Oh, sweet. yeah. So I watched that. Cool. Yeah. Have you been watching anything? Watching anything? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to be specific about which horror things I've been watching, or do there was just anything? It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have succumbed to the succession hype. <laughs> you have been saying <laughs> that, and I <laughs> time you tweet love about it, I laugh. It. It's so good. Here's the thing. Um, I love wealth. I love dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> check 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 check. Plenty like, of both. That's right. All I needed that was there, and then I watched, and then I, what I love in particular about it is that it. So much of television doesn't always feel like it exists in a real world. And that feels like we are very much in a real space. And then mm-hmm. all of the wealth porn, the helicopters, the castles, <laughs> etc. And then the other movie I just watched, I've been trying to watch like some weird, oh, that's what it's called. Uh, some weird sci-fi movie or horror movie on Netflix every Saturday. And so this weekend, like in the morning before I go to the gym, because I'm a monster. Uh, <laughs> and the... But the one that I watched this weekend is about the it's with Robert Redford and Jason Sudeikis and one of the and it's basically Robert Redford discovers that there is the proof that there is an afterlife of some sort. Is that the name of the movie? I think it's called The Event. But what (laughs) happens No, it was called the discovery or something like that. So I'm he discovers that. that, that, that there's an afterlife, but we don't know what it is. He just knows that there's like radio waves happen in your body. He goes from here, you're something leaves. And the discovery, goes the, the discovery, Jason Siegel, Jason. Is that what his name is? Yeah. I don't know. Jason's <laughs> why are one of them. Jason's Rooney Mara. Anyway. Yes. Mm-hmm. But what it triggers is this like mass suicide wave. So Uh-oh. basically, like, because people are like, oh, well, I just get to start my life over. Click, click. And uh, off we and boom, boom. And off we go. Whoa. That is actually has very little to do with the movie. And it was just it was and I don't want to give it away because you should watch it. It is um, there's a reason why it's only on Netflix. Um, but it's that it's that it's sort of like dull and it's slow. But like the it's really fascinating. And it made hmm. me wonder about sort of what. I don't know if you could prove that there was another that there's another existence beyond this one. Would you want to just hit the reset button? I'm going with no. I like this life. I'm doing. I'm enjoying myself. You'll get the other one Um, later. You're going to do it either way, so you might as well ride this out. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, but it was a a fascinating bit of television. Yeah, because there's no guarantee you're going to like the next one. Right. (laughs) Also, what if they lied and it's not real? What if it's not? And they. I'm just dead. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're like a bug or something. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Wait, did anyone see it too? No. I did. I did too. I did. Did you run it? I'm seeing it this weekend because I have a day off, which is what I need to watch it too. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a yeah. Th- so yeah. yeah then you need a day four off. Hour documentary. Do we doing spoilery discussion? Or no spoilers. Not? Okay. Yeah. It's too early. That's fair. I, uh, it too is early. Never mind. I, wow. I did not care for it. I didn't not care for it, but the thing is, I scare very easily, and so like in when in a movie, if I'm just and I was just in, so I was like, okay, oh, cool. Okay. I, I think I'm I was scared. I felt entertained while watching it, but yeah. further removed from it, I'm like, wow. Who's that white man that plays the lead? What's his <laughs> James name? McAvoy. James McAvoy. I have wanted to penetrate James McAvoy for. <laughs> God. 15, it's a very attractive cast, right? So when yeah. I said I was like, all right, well, this is great. I'm in. James yeah. McAvoy is happening. I'm scared. Like this is fun. See, I'm the opposite. If it's CGI heavy, <laughs> CGI heavy, I can't get into the scares. What did you enjoy the the the, the dance break? <laughs> dance break. What? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I can't secret your dirty. Yeah, that secret. was kind of funny. Um, 
I'm also a little sad. Um, Brennan, I'll be interested to hear what you think after you see yes. it. Well, I'll let yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't, I won't see it again. I saw the second one like three times in God, or the first why? one like three times. In why? Cause I love the first movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I really did love the first one. I'd so. also never seen the source material, so it was still all new for me. Oh, okay. You ever, you've never read the book either? No. I mean, I love Stephen King, but I, you know, I've read like it and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that the Shining. book for me is like in the middle of the pack of his work. Mm-hmm. I think there's much better novels that he's written. Misery. I fucking love the novel Carrie too. Oh, the Carrie novels are, are great. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, I, I did not read, but I skimmed that <laughs> Caroline Calloway article because oh. there's no way I could read all that. He's very long in his vote. It's just yeah. so boring. It's, you know, I hear you about succession and liking the wealth porn and the dysfunction. Like those are the kind of white stories I can tune right. into, but not the boring ones. She's just <laughs> right, like, you're not unique. Like, there's so many of you in the world. You need to yeah. go to therapy. Like yeah. that was the, <laughs> the takeaway. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, I, I, I tweeted fun. a, I tweeted a Yale plates joke, but <laughs> here we are. Yeah. It's just kind of amazing to me. And I, I don't know why I'm still continually surprised by this, but just how, ordinary folks can be mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and get press. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, and I'll bring it up again when we talk about our movie because it's relevant to that. But yeah, I just have been thinking a lot about that. Mm. Yeah. I I mean, in terms of the, the level of ordinariness, I think it's the woman who she's the Carolyn Calloway, whoever she's whoever she is, is just strikes me as the height of boredom and like the scam <laughs> that is revealed within how she took her boring self. Cause she's not even like, <laughs> and made herself into an influencer is, yeah. is great. And I think that deserves that deserves a, a round of applause, but also like <laughs> I, I had a fight with my, I helped my best friend write a paper and then we had a fight. <laughs> like, do I get a book deal? Like I would like a book deal for those things. Like, and then I called them, th- they called me names that we did the same. Yeah. I've been jealous of a person. What, yeah, I think we've all we? been that Natalie. Was her name Natalie Beach? Yeah. I think yeah. we've all been <laughs> Natalie Beach in our lives, but like. And Carolyn shared the pettiest photo of her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but like some of the stuff she described, I'm like. She pulled the carpet off the floor. I was like, oh, God, that was probably. She, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just. Who was tweeting about it and just about how stupid it all is? <laughs> <laughs> your tweet about who's gonna play her but we don't give a fuck so yeah, I was like, my favorite pick to play her is nobody because who really gives a fuck yeah <laughs> and like that's the thing that like was making me laugh like her your pictures tweet. i'm like there's 400 of you i could go find on instagram just by like searching like one search word mm-hmm. like why are women spending 165 dollars to go like write in a journal with you Weren't, just, weren't they not though? Wasn't that it didn't part? happen? Yeah. Well, then there was some that did end up happening after that oh, whole okay. thing started, and it was a journalist actually like snuck in to mm. one, like managed to go in undercover and like talk about the event. <laughs> and going in undercover to mediocrity, go on, right? Just a a, a flower crown placed carefully. Mm-hmm. I'll no, never but know. I think people are just so. Addi- <laughs> I think there's like a people are addicted to the idea of like fame, so even being yeah. next to it. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. Yeah, and it's all know. projection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awkward. What about you, Brennan? Well, um, I actually read something also. Um, it's a book called "Why Karen Carpenter Matters." It's by Karen Tongson, who, spoiler alert, you will be hearing from on the show at some point. Mm, it's not about uh, sandwiches. It's not. No. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I'm not sure what. What's the joke? Wait, hold She's on. Karen Carpenter's anorexic, right? Oh, well, yeah. Wow, okay. rude. <laughs> <laughs> I was anorexic. Um, I can make the joke. But no, um, okay. So basically, it's part a biography of Karen Carpenter, and it's part a biography of Karen Tonkson, um, who is oh. an academic. She um, works at USC. She's like a pop culture scholar. Um, but she compares the... I mean, because obviously the Carpenters were kind of this stalwart group of like white suburban normalcy that they kind of helped to reinforce while it was strangling them of any like actual desires that they had. Hmm. Um, and it's a very sad look into Karen Carpenter and her dreams and her really sad, tragic end. But um, it's also uh, a really interesting piece about how the Carpenters are really huge in the Philippines, how and why. Um, Karen Tongson grew up in the Philippines and moved to the Southern California suburbs when she was 10. And it's kind of a autobiographical journey of her life through Karen Carpenter. Oh, cool. And it's a really, really interesting. Also, she's, she's queer. She's mm-hmm. not from here. Um, and how she found an outlet for those feelings in the music of the Carpenters, regardless hmm. of the way that it is perceived as like very like white bread normalcy. It's really, really powerful, and it's a really good book. And it's it's a brisk read. I, I want to see the recommend. movie now. Yeah, I want to see Carolyn Calloway star in that. The, 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 <laughs> the Julie Playing and Julia version. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. She thinks she can. She's Scarlett Johansson's going to play. Yes, exactly. The Filipino woman. Oh, my God. Okay. No. Um, but also, I, I have to publish a retraction from last uh, week. A retraction. Um, I was so eager to talk about Tigers Are Not Afraid, I fucked up real bad. Um, even though magical realism is a huge part of the fabric of Mexican pop culture, Gabriel Garcia Marquez is Colombian. Hmm. Um, Mexican examples of magical realism include like Water for Chocolate and Pedro Paramo. You should check both of those novels out. And I fucked up real bad. And I'm sorry. Um, also, probably going to fuck up some more stuff because I really want to talk about Vida, which is a show on stars. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, have you seen it? Yes. It's I know that. I met the showrunner. She's lovely. Oh, Tony Saracho. Mm-hmm. Really fucking much. stylish woman. Oh yeah. She's really stylish. She okay, so so yeah, for those who don't know, um, first of all, borrow a star's password. Uh, you know you have a relative who watches Outlander. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um start watching Vita. Um, password shit. Hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> um it, yeah, it was created by Tony Saracho, who mm-hmm. was a writer on Looking and How to Get Away with Murder. Um, she played Richie's cousin, Ceci, on one episode of Looking, and mm-hmm. she's the most important p- character in season two. Um, but yeah, so Vida is about these two sisters um, who grew up in L.A. and Boyle Heights is where it's set. Mm-hmm. Um, and when their mother dies, they kind of inherit this failing bar that their mother was running. And they also kind of inherit a, her secret wife that nobody knew was happening. <laughs> Hmm. Um, well, not inherit, but she, you know, she wow. lives there and they have to, what? Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just shocked. I'm going along with the ride with you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're kind of <clears throat> dealing with the fallout of that. The older sister is also queer. Um, she doesn't identify any particular way. Um, but she kind of resents her mother for having kicked her out as a child mm. for being mm. queer. Mm. And now she's very upset that her mom turned out to be queer herself. Mm-hmm. And she's really dealing with that. Um, it's one of those shows that, is a drama, but it's also kind of funny. Um, like it's it's both. It's just a really well studied character piece, mm-hmm. incredibly sexy. 
Mm. Um, we got a lot of erotique materials mm. in this show. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Erotique <laughs> materials. How many seasons has it been done? Is it it's one season, two? Season three. season three? Season three is airing, is it this year? I think or they're on season year? three. I think they've shot it and they're on it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, season two is all I have access to so far. But Did I'm you watch season one? Yeah, of course. Okay. All right. Well, I'm okay. <laughs> you know I'm a completist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're getting all kinds of sex and all kinds of arrays in this show and also just all kinds of approaches to a lot of different topics of what it's like to be Chicano in the U.S. Um, a lot of stuff about gentrification and who's perpetrating it and who suffers because of it um and also there's a really powerful episode um it's episode four of season one um linda who's the younger sister who is a the hottest miss um she's very beautiful and she gets to hang out with all these like rich non-latino people because of that and it's kind of about her beauty opens doors for her but she still is kind of is kind of uh, complicit in the way that these people are treating their Mexican staff. Mm. Um, and then the uh, spoiler for the final shot of this episode, just watch it. It's great. Um, skip one minute, but basically she takes the same bus home as the staff member um, mm. who works at this place. And it's just a really powerful look at just the way that we treat each other and the, the limitations that America puts on people of color. And it's, it's, it's an intense show, but it's also very funny. A lot of the time, it's a great show. I really recommend it. Into it, into it. Anyway, we'll stream. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, You're Brian. welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Also, it's hella queer. So yeah, please. Yeah, yes, it's very yeah, queer. Yeah, it's like it. down. I think they had like a, it's quite the quite the queer room. Yeah, good. I think we know some folks on them to mm-hmm. look do some investigation, so we can please do bring po- bring people in. Um. Well, we are here to talk about one of the best movies Classic. ever so made. Classic. Ever made. Mm-hmm. And a, probably a huge part of lots of folks' childhood. And a movie, the whole, we'll get to it, actually. <laughs> I'm like, you know. Um, <laughs> Tales from the Hood. Let's play that trailer. Let's roll, In this neighborhood is a house where souls never rest. You're invited to share their secrets. I've been waiting for you, boys. (laughs) You're invited to share their tales. Unless, of course, you're scared. Tales of madness. Ah! (laughs) Of revenge. The dolls don't want you there. They want reparation. (laughs) Of horror. He thinks he needs to kill the monster. Wow. That's the story. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, the shit. <laughs> <laughs> the shit. Well, did anyone prepare a shady summary? A shady summary. I've been thinking about that all day long in terms of what that could look like. Um, and I think it's quite simply, um, <laughs> if you're going to be tortured, don't wear a Speedo. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he he can wear that Speedo. I know, Michael has actually been talking about that fucking Speedo for like two hours now. But okay. <laughs> mention it like once. I know. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Like, could, could, did no one rethink? Like, what I love about them, and yeah, we, we can all keep I mean, mm-hmm. did no one think what? Oh, I just did no one think to like put on a different bit of costume, but I think that there are well, so many moments. He needed in, two Speedos. Right. <laughs> 
fucking he just <laughs> needed Justin throwing it up in there. that shit back. Yeah. I just think that there are so many moments that sort of skewered black tropes of blackness and i think so they've taken this dangerous supposed black buck and put him in the most scantily clad Mm -hmm. (laughs) thing they can think of but he's not being taken advantage by a group of white people he's taking being taken advantage by a group of black people who are trying to save his life Uh, and so on (sighs) a lot of words i'm sorry huge dick that's what we're saying huge dick dick on display in this film Yes, he, that did happen. <laughs> uh, anyone else? I didn't really prepare one other than like it's a perfect movie. Yeah. And it's like weirdly, how to put this? It's a really good look at 2019 20, yeah. from 24 years ago. Yeah. And I hope, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, Brennan? Again, this was the biggest challenge I've ever had to surmount because this. I also like deeply adore this movie, but mine is um, it's pure hubris that white people would ever make another anthology horror movie after this. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Like I, it's perfect. Yeah. It like, really is. In addition to like the fact that it's actually dealing with things that matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. It's structurally the perfect anthology. It is very well done. It's a beautiful piece of writing. I, mm. I yeah. Yeah. Did you have one? Um, well, I had two. My first one was like, this movie is as cathartic as traumatizing. Mm, that's true. <laughs> because mm. at first when I was rewatching, I was like, oh my God, I actually don't know if I, like if I need to skip ahead during mm-hmm. this. Cause you know how I feel about cop scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was thinking about you when we were watching it. I'd forgotten about that entire first vignette. Right. Blacked it out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then obviously the catharsis comes. And you're like, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Um, but oh, I the love the way it ends. <laughs> yes. Ugh, the painting. So good. Yes. Um, but then thinking about 1995 when this movie came out and where we are in 2019. And it's just like black folks are the first to know and the last people to get listened to. Mm-hmm. Like every point made in this movie is something that black folks have known, experienced, lived, written, talked mm-hmm. about, professed. And this movie shown even in today's context would piss off so many fucking people oh god yeah have and have so much backlash and so much people in disagreement and it's like this movie is 24 years old mm-hmm. yeah like this movie can rent a car guys. yeah <laughs> right without having to pay the extra fee mm-hmm. you know like We're from enterprise baby. so yeah yeah we talked about that here a little bit how like there's no other way to put it it's like it's aged well, but unfortunately it's aged well. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's like, so, so it might even be like more relevant today. Like the only thing separating it from then and now is the costumes maybe. And even then, no, mm-hmm. that not that much. I mean, fucking Trump wa- runs around his sons run around in that same goddamn outfit that Corbin Burnson was wearing mm-hmm. all goddamn day long. Like they're playing dress up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Brian turned to me, Brian had my boyfriend had never seen this before. And he was like, I can't like, look at him. He's like, he reminds me of Trump so much. And I was like, yeah. it's fucking crazy. Like it's, they like called the future. In this movie. Mm-hmm. Then his like, you know, his, uh, the high yellow trader, um, is, uh, <laughs> is essentially diamond and silk in different wigs. Um, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Also, uh, are we going to jump right into that? Are they fucking, they were fucking right. Like the, 
the, I don't know if this is just a production concern. Like in that one scene where he's like, where they're like, they've got the camera and he's about to fall down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, why are, why is your client videotaping you? Yeah. There was like a moment are, of like, are they about to like undress? Yeah. I was like, well, y'all are alone in your mansion that where there were once slaves. Like, then this is very flirty. Y'all are drinking. I'm just like, I don't, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe Mass is about to raid the quarters, but I don't oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new. Nothing new. Okay. Nothing new. How do you think he got that light skinned? But right. with, with that right. Set, Correct. It is um, beige. Yeah. <laughs> that was terrifying. But at the same time I was like, oh, this is that movie. And there are often there are a number of queer moments throughout that film. Oh. You know, it's funny. Keep going. Well, we beforehand were like, all right, what what are the queer elements of this film? Well, I'll tell any? you the thing that struck me. So what, what, this movie came out in 1995, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was yeah. 10 years old. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I know I had. I remember watching it in the den of my house with a bunch of my friends like during a sleepover. So we rented Tales from the Hood. My, my little diverse private school friends came over and we watched this movie. <laughs> you ruined them. And yes. it was, I did. I destroyed them. <laughs> That's what we do on sleepovers. Um, still to this day. Uh, <laughs> over my house and I'm like, so we'd like to talk about rep. Yeah. Like, um, do you remember when Cameron taught all of us 10 year olds about, uh, reparations about reparations and police brutality? So killing it. in the moment when they're killing that cop in the last way. So he's being crucified and they're shooting all the syringes at him. Mm-hmm. As I was watching that, I was thinking to my, as I remember vividly as a kid and a teenager and rewatching the movie and then even rewatching it last night. I was like, oh, they gave him AIDS. Like, that's what that was. Like, the, the, those are, the syringes aren't powerful enough to kill him. So what happens if you get stabbed with a syringe, you're going to get AIDS. And so, cause it's 1995. And it was like, they gave it, like, oh, so they threw him up there and they gave him AIDS and then he vomited into disease and became a part of the mural. Well, on the death blow, no yeah. pun intended, is through the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Yo, you're right. Because I was Alex thinking, through the mouth. I'm like, needles can't hold anyone to anything. No. So like, yeah, that's, that's what not, I actually thought too. Like yeah. he's being crucified with like these dinky needles. Yeah. That was what I thought in that like, moment. Hmm. A zombie used telekinesis to throw the needles. Like we're we're kind of beyond <laughs> realism at this point. Though. I mean, that's no, no, fun. no. The the AIDS reading, yes. But the like physics reading, I wasn't too worried about it. That's okay. He was holding him up there and then he was just placing the yeah. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, right. when you hang a painting and the guide hole first. <laughs> wow. So there was that, and I think the last sequence, if you look at that, is not exactly queer, but it does invert the male gaze. Yes. If that makes any sense. Because women are dressed there. in their little fifties costumes with the cutouts and such and such, but they are primarily covered. Um, and he is the one who is fully nude and who's literal, just like you can, I remember watching that as a, as a pre-gay and being like, I'm really into this scene. <laughs> I don't know why I'm just made uncomfortable by it. I want to stop looking, but I want to, I keep mean, there's looking. nothing left of the imagination, nothing. Literally, nothing. And I remember when watching it now, I'm just like, that's just his dick. Like that's just, <laughs> it's just out there. And it's like, and I remember thinking like, is that, I remember when I was younger watching, I was like, why does, why is that s- swimsuit so padded? <laughs> But he's definitely, but there's definitely a, but I I don't, and so I don't think the director is a queer person, but I know that, that, but I do think of that moment as like, so you are, as a moment in which you are placing the gaze of sexuality that you often see in horror films as placed upon women on the male character. There are no women in that movie, with the exception of maybe in the spousal abuse vignette that where anyone, any woman is played for sex. 
Well, there's a moment too when he's next to the racist shit oh, next they, to him. Yeah, it's very. Some of the dialogue is very like that. Like I wanted to have sex. It, yes, with him. He yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes. Maybe all Klansmen just want to fuck, but like I, that was that was that's not been my. I don't want to be involved. Yeah, um, I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out. I'm sorry. I'm sure uh, there but that are, was a read I had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely was like he's like spitting the blood up and rubbing around his face. Yeah. Like, um, like, give me more. Essentially. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. That was pretty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Ugh. I also I, was that the same actor that played the partner in the first vignette? Was it? Oh, maybe. Oh. I just was curious because I was it. wondering if they were going to reuse actors at all, and he looked mm. like. Um, huh. the main guy in the police vignette. He looked like his partner before he quit the force. Oh, but yeah. I don't think so. Maybe they. I mean, that's a question for the internet. Yeah, dear internet, right. dear, let us know, dearest. Um, I loved all of the kind of the conversation that happens around like whose fault is what, and mm. who like whose negative influence is it in this situation that is causing these deaths, like. Uh, you know, with, with, uh, I feel like every single section kind of complicated the narrative a little bit to have people really be introspective and think about what is actually happening here. Um, I think like having a black police officer, um, in that scene, black people are complicit in white supremacy and, and yeah. And how that can absolutely happen and how um when we talk about queer folks and even if you said like does everyone in the clan just want to fuck when we think about um the person who had all the conversion therapy places and how that person just came out and Mm -hmm. how we definitely have talked before Mm -hmm. about how it's not useful to like say that every person who's like super homophobic is actually gay. Yeah. Right. Like Like, nothing gets under my skin more than people saying Mm -hmm. Mike Pence is gay. Right. Right. However, when we're talking about kind of like who can be, who is complicit and who can inflict pain and like tout their privilege over other people, people within your community can definitely do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that like this, these conversations were really so, so thoughtful because every single section made you have to ask those questions mm-hmm. um whether and in terms of like the domestic violence kind of situation or like the gang violence um well if you think about the cop i think what's interesting about the cop vignette is that he isn't forgiven mm-hmm. so we see his whole life like i mean that's where that's sort of an obvious choice but like not an obvious choice necessarily but like he does he he's not saved by this no he does he, he gets he gets the, the demon grabs him and says, yeah. you know, and says, Do, and says, where were you when I needed you, brother? And then I get this, my, 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 my deep voice. And then <laughs> in addition to that, he goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think, I guess if we were to extrapolate out from that, I think there's a horror movie that I'm sold that I'm working on. But one of the things that we talked about in the pitch is the idea that, uh, or it's, a, it's not really sci-fi, it's horror, it's like sci-fi. So, but one of the things we talked about the idea in the pitch is that like when you are when you look at people who are complicit in white supremacy who are people of color are more dangerous almost than their oppressors because they have taken up their mantle and they have to believe it with such zeal mm-hmm. that in order to carry out acts of violence against the against people who look like them. So we think about if we look at this cop, he has to in order to become a black cop in 1995 uh, post Rodney King, post OJ, post just Rampart, post ev- just just mm-hmm. cops generally in the 20th and 21st, 19th, 18th, just cops period. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> 
you have to be willing you kind of have to be willing to believe in a delusion yes which is and he and that delusion drove him insane mm-hmm. and i guess that is the larger story of that mm-hmm. but you know also demons right also but, demons. yeah you have to people have to buy into something mm-hmm. to like be enslaved to enslave others um and definitely being a cop at any point you have to be willing to enforce things that mm-hmm. you know are fucked up yep he didn't. You you looked down at that phone for a long time. You didn't have to at that computer trying <laughs> to enter. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, his let's see if his down. car is stolen. Do you really think you know yeah. his car isn't stolen? You don't have to run that. And the thing I pre- the thing that made me like chuckle a little bit was like it took him reading his name on the computer to realize who that was, mm-hmm. even though he was like, oh, I love him and I know everything yeah. about him. Yeah, and but you needed to see his name on the computer. It's like a major for ten minutes. Black activist who <laughs> yes. like is known for taking down cops. Oh wait, Jesse Jackson drives a Cadillac right <laughs> that's crazy I thought it was you but I had to check the I computer had to check sure his name is spelled different in the computer than on his <laughs> yes, tombstone it's I-E oh oh wait that's right yeah yeah it's Morehouse O-O-R-E I think the in the Ezekiel part it's mm. like spelled it's yeah so are we, we led to believe that he just died in the asylum because he's the only one in the vignettes that wasn't dead at the end of the vignette mm. Yeah, oh, Which I, I thought he died. Was an interesting he died. he yeah. died of, of, of believing in whiteness. He died. <laughs> <laughs> it will kill you. Which is killer. It will. Yeah. It will. Yeah. There you go. Also, I I will say just something I was thinking about in terms of like him not recognizing someone who's like very famous like that. Mm. I do think people like especially a famous person when you see them in a different context and yeah. in a different power it structure mm-hmm. no. it it can be really different no for sure we we live in Los Angeles. We know. Right here. Mm. You, you'll <laughs> you'll see and be like, oh, oh, oh. that's what you're doing. Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, eating a turkey sandwich. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like he Jake eats Gyllenhaal turkey sandwiches. <laughs> no, too far. Okay, let's go. so no, he's like no. my hall pass. He's your hall pass with my boyfriend. Oh, you only you can one? sleep with and uh, yeah, okay. and uh, it's one of <laughs> Zach Efron wow. too. And um, you and my mom. Wow. But Zach Efron, Brian never like he would always say, "I don't get the Jake Gyllenhaal." And he said he saw him once in person. It's just like yeah. I totally get it. In fact, like, can we all pass him together? Oh, like that's the team effort. I'll call you. There you go. No, no, no. I thought that was him. I thought you were thinking uh, Brian saying that. It's like, I'm like yes. I turned okay, into Michael, Cameron and I'll call slut. you. You were like, oh yeah, call me. <laughs> On the yeah, line, yeah, yeah. you can call me all of a sudden there's you, a pass. Yeah, all of a sudden there's a pass. It's like, oh, I includes can have my friends. group sex <laughs> if Jake Gyllenhaal is there. Yes. Yes. Okay. Really? We're just going to be playing uh, just Brokeback Mountain in the background while they like 14 people have sex. Like, that's <laughs> That's what's happening. That's so hot. Yeah, that hasn't let me live, happened. Let me live that. Well, that's brain definitely yeah. happened somewhere. It's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's some, there's some old Western gay. That's the only way he can get off. He's got the, the, he's the, the hooker's got to wear the, wear the plaid. And then he comes over and straddles him and he watches the Brokeback Mountain scenes. And there you go. Cheers. I love sex workers. Same. Yeah. I love that BJ will. BJ does, um, our friend BJ Colangelo, she um, tweets her support for her friends who are sex workers all the time. And I think it's so nice. Yeah. I mean, I think all of us should be providing as much support as we can for people who have like the highest rates of death. Mm -hmm. So like sex workers, black trans women, like that's who we need to be going the hardest for. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, but before I'm like rewinding Jake Gyllenhaal, your hall pass. Like, what were you no, we were talking about the, about sort of, but he dies. In oh. the, how he died, how he died in the mental institution. Yes. When I was watching the second vignette, which was interesting about it's a little it, boy, right? Yeah. It's the yes. little boy from soul food. From soul food. Oh my God. So 
was so different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who had voodoo power? Who basically Fucking made voodoo that. dolls, oh, which I love. Which mm-hmm. I love. Like, let's draw ten more. Draw every. Draw Trump. Draw Trump. Draw the whole Trump family on one piece of paper, and then and impeach it and light it on fire. Impeach the paper. Just you know, look, it can be done. I believe. I do too. But. What was interesting to me about that was like it played out pretty, you know, watching it with like adult eyes. It's like, okay, yeah, someone's hitting this kid. Like, that makes sense. Mm. But what was crazy to me about it is so in the final, the penultimate moment when the teacher has come to mm. the house and his mom says, that's not, it's one of the teachers, one of the good actresses. Anyway, and says to him, you are, he was just leaving. The teacher just ignores everything she has to say and is like, yes, sir, I'd like to talk to you yeah. about your yes. stepson. Does not take the cue. It's like, what the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you? I was like, this is some man shit. Like, right? Can you not recognize that this woman is clearly abused? Like, this person is scared. Like, is scared she, shit. Sorry, yeah. Is she, he, he well actually her, yeah, her, her he spousal did. abuse. He's like, well, oh my God. It's like, actually, no, I'm here to talk about the monsters. Right. Son's been talking here to make about. sure you get a nice flogging tonight. Right. There you go. <laughs> right. I'm going to set that up for you. It was it was absurd, but yeah. uh, but she was also I mean she I wouldn't say she was complicit in her abuse, but she did have some words for her son. Yes, I mean I think that's another just none of these none of these sections are are simple, and There's all of them show left. how yeah. many different things play into each other. And I was thinking about what I would do. Not if I was that person's teacher, even if I was that person's friend or what people do when they see someone abusing mm-hmm. their kid, because people see people abusing their kids all the time or like handling them a certain way. And like, what do you do? Like as people who don't call the cops. Well, that's like what, what was running through my head with the way she was treating her son is I kept thinking about how the cycle of abuse was going to be continued by her. Mm-hmm. Because he was her husband was beating her and his son. And I was like, she's really kind of rough with him. And I was like, had they not killed David Allen Greer? I think she eventually would have started abusing the son too. I was like but thinking I think about the cycle. I think that for what, what I saw when I watched that is was, I think she was trying to protect the kid. Yeah. So she, he was See, I read like, it the differently. You know, not saying that like, that's what happens are, all the time, but I just was it's like, it's kind of like, and I'm gonna, I hate to do this, but <laughs> it's kind of like, if you are the I think about like the way that my parents taught me to interact with authority figures who could kill me. So like, how did they mm. teach you to interact with cops? Mm-hmm. How did you interact with a teacher or somebody who can get you in trouble? It's all about being as respectful as possible. And if you stepped out of the line, yeah. they're more angry with me than they were more angry with me than the person would be because you can put right. yourself in danger. So with that said, what I saw there was a black mom trying to keep her black son out of danger, except the danger was inside the house. Mm. Yeah, I totally read it that way, too. And like her her anger even coming from like, I I don't fuck up. Like we have to. Yeah, we have to do certain things. We have a very narrow like Mm -hmm. path. And even that isn't reliable. We have to do these certain things. Um, Otherwise, it's over for us. However, I do think what would you what would you have done if you were if you were the teacher? Uh, I mean, I'm like in 1995, did. Did te- do teachers show up at people house people's yes, houses? Yes, they do. Do they? Mandated reporter. I mean, oh, you can you can you can yeah. tell them, but you have to you can show up at somebody's house. Yeah. Um, I am not somebody. As soon as I sensed from her that she was not not trying to have 
that she did not want me to have this conversation with this man and that I felt like something else was going on, I would have left because I'd be like, this is nighttime. I'm a woman. This man looks like he beats everybody's ass. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to come back. With, also, like, what was his plan? He was going to kill all of them? I he was just so. going to beat all of them up? And then what? Like, I don't understand what the what David Allen Greer's plan was. Oh, um, I was like, wait, was like, what was David Allen Greer's plan? Which was like, he was going to beat all. So you hit the teacher, you hit the kid, you hit like, he, the teacher called the police. You're just going to kill everybody? Like, what? Okay. Um, I was a, an educator for a long time. I owned a tutoring company and I taught in so that kind of thing. And so I have not gone to the house, but I made the call. Like I've seen like, uh, and it's this always this incredibly uncomfortable feeling of do I, am I going to get this person into more trouble? Mm-hmm. Am I going to cause, is this going to be more trouble than it's worth? And it's not, it was never physical. It was often like, there was like emotional abuse or like abuse on the behalf of like an authority figure directed at someone who was powerless. And mm-hmm. so you go to, with someone who has some power, you go to the authority figure above that authority figure. But this, that was awfully vague. I'm sorry. Uh, basically, there was like a college counselor who told one of my students that the only way she was going to, she's a little Mexican girl, not little, but Mexican girl. And then she told her that the only way that she was going to get into col- the college she wanted to go to is if she's a janitor there. Jesus. And I was like, unacceptable. Right. And so I was like, can you just, are you sure? Like you, you really, that's what happened. So I got as much like evidence as I possibly could. And then I went to the principal and I wrote, I wrote the principal a letter explaining sort of like, Hey, this is what I was told happened. Um, pretty, but I asked the student's permission first, like, Hey, I'm not comfortable with the way this person spoke to you. Like I'm, can I? And she was like, okay, fine. So I did it, but it, I felt horrible the entire time. And I don't, and I know that that authority figure paid some consequence for it, but I don't think it was huge. I don't think he lost his job. I think he probably got talking to, um, and she got into this, all the schools she wanted to go to. So fuck him. But, uh, I, there is sort of a, I don't think that that person, that he violated a boundary in going to the house where I think he started violating boundaries is when he was like, if someone looks, gives you the look, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you, you gotta go. He was just leaving. Right. He's like, <clears throat> he, he, yeah, doesn't she, <laughs> what is she he's dropping off homework? He's just yeah. dropping off yeah. some yeah. homework. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that, that's just, that story doesn't track. She's still going to get yeah, hit. He was but at it's school not, <laughs> it might just be a grip up, not a full bruise. Like right. you don't want yeah. that. So Yeah. And I was also thinking while David Allen Greer was whooping everybody's ass, um, have you ever seen someone fight where you're like, oh, you could actually beat everybody up right yes. now? Yes. <laughs> this scary because shit. it had karate oh, to oh it. My God. There was karate <laughs> influences to it. He look 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 carefully. I remember what last night I was watching. When he did that to her face. It was yeah. the it was he was using the base of his yeah. heel to break nose of the heel of his the base of his hand, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. to break noses. Yeah, that's that, not a thing. Yeah. Like you don't do that in a street fight. You slap bitches, you punch. Yeah. You don't like do like a an upper a, a real firm uppercut. To his wife. To, to his wife. Like was like yeah, the he's there to kill. jumpiest moment he of the was there to kill. monster. Yeah. And there was no way they were gonna get around him. There was no way. Yeah. Interesting how that story, which is supposed to be about a kid who, like, no one believes but has a superpower, that story really ends up being about, well, no one, you believe the kid more than you believe the, than you believe his mom. Mm-hmm. mom. Yeah, because I think it's, in, when they, like, that interaction that she has with the teacher where she's, like, flirty mm-hmm. and, like, just got out of the shower, I'm not, I, like, wasn't sure what direction that was supposed to go or like what the point they were trying to get across that like, I'm like, mm. is this person, are they portraying the mom as like someone manipulative or someone like desperate for like a rescue uh-huh. or like what? Mm. Yeah. Like I wasn't sure. Yeah. Like was it what, yeah. something she's used to doing with her husband to please him? Yeah. Like I was just like, I don't know. For me, it ju- the, the main thing that did for me was it threw me into thinking she was married because mm-hmm. the son yeah. had already said his dad was dead. 
Yeah. And then she was super flirty. So like when you do, to me, that was like a, it was a twist. Clearly the outgrowth of marriage is flirting with strange men on your doorstep. Um, my friends do that. So like when our, when David Allen Greer showed up, it was kind of like, oh shit, that's right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oof. It did throw me off. I think they were trying to do damsel in distress. Like, mm. but, and he's supposed to be, and I think that what they were also trying to play up the sexual tension between like, oh, so did this, you brought this teacher over to fuck you? Is that what yeah. this is? That's yeah. why I'm so angry. Yeah. Cause, cause, yeah. cause property, you're mine. David, I am man. plays scary well. I have never. I yeah, I'll never forget. Nope. That was I don't remember the cop scene from when I was young, but I remember yes. David Allen. He was scary. Yes. Terrified was me. Scary. It was bad. I was scared when I was watching it last night. Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I mean, <laughs> intimate partner violence, I forget what the statistics are now, but it is a huge killer of black women. Mm-hmm. Like between a certain age range, which I am not remembering right now, it's the number one killer of black women. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that's the part of the movie that I remember from as from a kid. And what was the third vignette? The Blanket. third, the plantation, the, the, the dolls, the dolls. Oh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> dolls gonna get you. Oh, that harbinger Ooh. character. Yes, he's great. They want reparation. <laughs> <laughs> when he tried to kill people with the American flat, or like dis, dis- hitting the wall, like, the wall and then yeah. the wall. Uh huh. And she started like, bleeding. This is nuts because you know how people feel about the flag, and I'm like, first of all. He is somebody who would feel the way he feels about the flag, which mm-hmm. is like why in the movie he's using it to defend himself right. and to mm-hmm. harm people. And he clutches it like a blanket. At the right. End. Yeah. And like covers up to protect himself. When fascism comes to its America, it will come toting a cross and draped in a flag. To uh, quote. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and it. It's funny because I'm like, y'all aren't even supposed to do that with that piece of cloth. Well, that's what those fuckers that are always like, flag, flag, flag. They wear that shit all day long and you're not supposed to do that either. It's because it's like they they get to make the rules or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's a shield. I mean, you can't do anything wrong if you're doing it for America. Right. And so you're a patriot. You're a patriot. Slavery was patriotic. Like mm-hmm. it was like, oh, it was this mm-hmm. is the only way we had to build our economy. It's it what an we American had to institution. Do. It's what, isn't that what they call it? Exactly. American institution. Yeah. It's what we had to do. It's fine. Um, but it's fine. <laughs> what I loved about that sketch, that sketch or that vignette, watching it back as an adult is the ref, just the political references. So you know the thing at the top, like the ad, like where the little the political ad. Yeah, that's the Willie Horton hands ad. Which was one of the first, well, that's a combination of the Willie Horton ad and the hands ad. There's a famous political ad from, I think it's a Bush ad from 88 about affirmative action. Oh, yes. About, I remember like, that. Yeah. You know, he can't get Billy. Billy has worked real hard in high school. Billy has blonde hair and blue eyes. Billy can't <laughs> get a job because a colored took it. And so, and you see him just like, and you, it's just, you just see these hands with an announcer over it. It's that ad. And then there are the black co-signers that are present for every person in the, for every white racist Mm -hmm. for, you know, Trump has three, Ben Carson, (laughs) like it's the, it's the Omarosa. Omarosa. (laughs) I met Omarosa at a ready for Hillary event that she hosted in 2015. She's enraging, but I digress. (laughs) In 2015? In 2015, I went to a Ready for Hillary event that was hosted by Omarosa. I can find the selfie somewhere. It was $50. It was at some restaurant down the street from where I live now. Like, it was on, like, it was on Cahuenga, the little Mexican place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was her and Kim, one, Kim Whitley. Uh, bad wigs abounded. <laughs> you know, I love your bad wigs. And, they, and so do they. <laughs> 
And what I remember from her is that she was like, she wouldn't let you take the photo. She was like, I have to take it. So she would take your phone and then angle it and take the selfie because she needed to take the selfie because she knew her angles because she needed to look right. Fuck Omarosa. But (laughs) my point is that, and that was that show title. Fuck Omarosa. (laughs) But they were, throughout, there were just all of these rep, these points in which like you, this, there is a strain of blackness, of black sort of fan, historical fiction, whatever that we never, or horror that we never really examine, which is about sort of the vengeance that black people could have on the white world and how that is almost sort of, was almost the greatest fear of the white world at mm-hmm. the time of the eman- emancipation was that like, they're gonna do it back. Right. And there are actually more of them. Right. So with that said, you you look at this particular in this particular story. That's what this is about. These people, they want they didn't want reparation. They wanted to kill this guy. They wanted to kill everyone <laughs> who was complicit. Him. They wanted to bite him Fuck to yeah. death. And that, my friends, is the one that fucked me up the most. <laughs> throughout. I do not like small things that skitter. And that nipple, I, <laughs> right? I the paintings, the dolls when the face started to bleed. Oh, I love Ugh. And then when she, they bit his leg and he fell down the stairs and then the rest of them came and then he shot it and then they, like, it skittered in the door. Yeah, like, and then just, like fixed its own clothes. He, went, he lynched it. He put it on a cross. He shot it. And then I was just, it's just, it was terrifying. I may have had a nightmare too. But like that one I think is, I think that one is really great because it is a perfect blend of like really excellent political satire that is over the top. I think mm-hmm. that the 2019 version of him, that guy would probably be like a white liberal and mm-hmm. like much more polite and using the right words, mm-hmm. but still not like you're the right. real racist type yeah. vibes. Like, he's, be he's, not, yeah. like he's not Woodford like, right. he's not saying get your black ass out of here. <laughs> right. But he is saying. Get your black ass out like, of here. I experienced racism as a yeah, white look, person. Oh God. I was on a, I was, I was on a podcast last week and this guy was like, this guy said, this is, I've been on it a few times and this guy said, well, I've, I grew up in, when I was growing up in the hood for like six months when my mom, when my dad was laid off temporarily, like I got beat up by black people and I, so I've experienced racism too. And I'm like, you bring that up every time we have a conversation that even remotely touches on race. And the other guy, the other guest was like, wow, Cameron, you can't even like imagine a world in which, <laughs> A white person could feel marginalized. Like, wow, that's that's so hard. That's so hard for you. And I was like, you're. So I corrected him, uh, of course. But it was, <laughs> it was. It, but it's that's what the 2019 version of this would be. The only thing that I think is dangerous throughout this movie is that when we look at where we are now in terms of race, and I hate to wait, I hate the phrasing of that sentence, there's a bunch of people who are our age, who grew up in the 80s and 90s, who believe that in order to be racist, you need to hit the following three points. One, you need to have a southern accent. Two, you need to be sweaty. And three, you have to say the N-word a lot. And so, and that is the only, and that is the only type of racism that we see throughout this movie. That's the cop mm-hmm. at the top. Mm-hmm. That is the, how dare you boy, etc. It's the yeah. Southern one who's the most violent. Mm-hmm. That's this guy. And, we, and it makes it okay because these guys are the bad guys. And I wonder what a movie like that. I mean, I think that's what I loved about Get Out, but what a movie like this would look like that was an attempt to examine racism that did so without having to turn the people into caricatures. Because mm-hmm. he was a caricature, mm-hmm. but um, a terrifying one nonetheless. Yeah, no, totally. What would it look like to portray racists as the CEO of a Fortune mm-hmm. 500 company? Right. And not just like demonize poor people. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Throughout. And so that was, so that was fascinating for me, but I, 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 I wonder about that choice. Like, did he do, do we think he did that just, did the director or writer did that just because 
it's easier mm. to make that make sense or because like it's 1995 and then we're close to hmm. and then we're closer to that like i wonder what that came from yeah where and, is rusty from i'm gonna look that up and isn't that also a challenge of the anthology i was just kind of say. structure too like you have 20 minutes to set up a character mm-hmm. it's so much easier to make them a, a stereotype or a trope than to give them depth because you don't have time right um yeah that's really that's an interesting question it's a really good question speaking that's of time though the thing i really did like about the movie is like it didn't adhere to like a lot of these anthologies kind of adhere to like a time structure. Mm-hmm. And I love that each story got to breathe in the amount of time it needed to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one's like 30 minutes, I think, or 20 minutes after you get through like the opening 10 minutes. And the mm-hmm. second one's only like 12 minutes, you know, I don't yeah, know. Just, brief. yeah. Structurally it just, it, it yeah. That it one's did. like a watercolor. It's painted so simply and beautifully mm-hmm. and terrifying. Yeah. And I appreciated <laughs> like those choices of the movie allowing itself to tell the story in its own way. But I will never recover from the double reverse reveal of the end. <laughs> I, the, the double. I mean. The double. <laughs> and I was watching. I'm watching it now. And I'm like, how did you not know that that was them shooting him? I was like, I don't know. I was eating popcorn I, and like having my first Coca-Cola. Like that was what I was doing when I was watching this on the Mitsubishi TV. But like <laughs> Mitsubishi big screen is very important to my dad. Um, but with that said, I... You see, because because there are two, there are three reveals in this movie, right? Like, there's not just the there's the that they shot him, mm-hmm. and then that they that he's they're really dead. that they're really dead, and that and they're they in, in hell. hell. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love like when this ain't wall. no funeral. <laughs> the God, walls fall down. I, I do have a, a clip. clip. Of that. Yes, if you want to, if you want to mime along, the edited clip. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'll so curse sorry. for it's you guys. Yeah, yeah, please, oh, please mm-hmm. fill it in because I searched high and low. Under every bush on the internet, I could not find it. Mm. I'm so sorry. You kid, crazy kid. A few of these boys killed you. Killed you? I guess. You didn't make it. No, no, I heard it. Very. If we did, if we did, we could have been all the chance. Ain't no alone. This movie is so black. Yes. There are so many moments throughout where I'm just like, oh, welcome to... Welcome to hell, motherfuckers. Yes, the tongue. Because the the Looney Tunes-ass tongue that comes out of this. Mm -hmm. Space Jam. Right, the Space Jam tongue. It's also really well scored. Yes. Oh, yeah. The score is great. Oh, it's Christopher Young. Oh, really? Yeah. He's... He does all kinds of horror stuff. Like, mm-hmm. they got they got the right person for that. No. It was great, and I found all of that, but I found that terrifying. I think the best part of the way that they maintain tension across that ending, so you think you're watching the last story, but you didn't realize that you're actually, oh, there is still a story that is happening. And I have, a, I have just a, a small blackness question. You are welcome to chime in if you would like. <laughs> if you want me to. <laughs> when Crazy K, when we meet Crazy K, he has, you know, a very 80s, uh, very early 90s yes. lineup and mm-hmm. a K shaved into the top of his very full head. Um, and then... We meet him again. He's been in solitary for two years. And this uh, man still has Queen. 
Line up. Clean. Fresh. Clean. Fresh. I know. And the K is just etched into it. I don't see a blade. I mean, is there a barbershop in solitary? Right. Like, I just, the lineup is just, is stayed fresh. I'm like, is your therapist that good? That I she mean, you fresh fade, maybe, everything you need? Maybe it's just like some sort of special, like, demon lineup where, True. like, they just keep, it just stays etched. Like, when True. you're fully, or, I don't know what that is, but, like, he... His shit was lined up forever. Yeah. Like he had like the I mean, Steve Harvey lineup where you go every day. Can't you, you like just, you, don't, you don't even let the hair go back. You just go every day. White people getting your hair lined up is means the following. Our hair does not make the box shape that yours does at the top. So when in order to do that, they shave it into our heads. It's a whole thing. And you get it redone every couple of weeks. Anyway, and we're back. Get, get that neck. Get the neck together. Know. Get the fade right. Isn't there like a laser hair removal thing where it's like semi-permanent? This was 1995. And laser hair removal. But you have to. Have, yeah. Black people have to have a lot of sessions. You got to do a lot. It's a whole thing. But, but I highly recommend a, it. I look forward to it. I'm going to do it on my shoulders because I'm never going to want shoulder hair. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> right. I don't, I, it's a lot to line up. Um, but with that said, he, yeah, his lineup is so fresh the entire time that it almost took me out of it. But yeah, I was like, oh, are you a ghost? Are you, <laughs> are you already it's just not a ghost? real? <laughs> Wait, yeah. but, so, but what was she? Is she, mm. is, is that so? Cause he gets shot and then he goes through this, this sequence and he has the, he can choose. So it's the, it's the, I, he can choose, like, if he sees, he grabs the girl and he's like, I don't give a fuck, I don't give a fuck, I don't give a fuck. And he can choose whether, if he were to let it go and give up violence and be reborn, is she, is that God? Is that some form of purgatory? Is that his life flashing before his eyes and he has an opportunity at redemption? What, what do we think she is? Ooh. It's hmm. so eerie watching it now because you know that was her last role. Yeah. So, and she's so good. That's right. Yeah. She did die. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe, you know. Well, what did she say exactly? She was tasked by the government? Is that what she said? I have, I'm going to put you through a therapy that the government paid me to develop that may possibly re- rehabilitate you. You can choose to do it or not, but I don't really give a fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, at first I thought it's like, oh, of Got course it. the government would show black people just like gang violence and be like, this is your problem. And why Ooh. are you killing black people? Eventually, though, something about what she was saying made me think that there was this message of like, why are you perpetrating mm. this this larger method that, mm-hmm. or this larger message of white supremacy and not necessarily just like placing it all into his black ass hands, mm-hmm. but being like, this very much is something that you did. But I need you to know that you are fulfilling this like very evil thing that is above you. Well, that is the it. era. I think that's probably nineteen eighty five is probably the peak of what we would now refer to as black respectability politics. But mm-hmm. what people mm-hmm. said at the time was like, "Oh, well, well, we got to stop all this black on black crime." Yeah. Like yeah. that is when people would say things like that and drawing a line between, well, the clan, like what the clan dude tells him, which is like, I kill black people. You right. kill black people. Right. You're all right with me. Like drawing that right. line, I think is fine. <laughs> I think what's interesting. And I think the point, the larger point that they get to is the, I'm a huge, so I wasn't allowed to listen to music by white people as a child. I could buy whatever the most violent, ratchet, absurd hip hop I wanted. But I, if Joni Mitchell, you say, turn that off. Yeah. Um, like what is, what is, what is <laughs> this cranberry rules. CD you'd like to have? <laughs> I still feel this way. Same. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's hip hop and gay shit. That's all I've got. It's Carly Rae Jepsen and Migos together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when Future did that Taylor Swift track, bitch, I was on. Um, but with that said, my point is to say that like you, you listen to music of that era. 
and like just even the songs they're playing it's it's they're about killing people. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite songs is what is what is that? Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. Boys in the Hood. In that song, he beats up his girlfriend, slaps up a dude who kill who who, try, who steals his Alpine, and mm-hmm. then kills mm-hmm. someone. And that's just a good day. Oh my god! Like that's what that <laughs> that's just a day there. Mm-hmm. And so with that said, I think there is something to be said for black men of that era were taught to be were expected to be cavalier with their own lives. It's to say, it's to quote, let's, I think I'm quoting Dre now. Uh, let, let's say who, I don't give a fuck and see who means it. Mm. Like that is the core, that, is, and that's from 2001, but that is, that Dre is the, is the artist of that era. He's making all that music. So I think what the question we're asking is, is when, what he eventually gets to is, does your life matter to you? Like, do you actually give a shit about the idea of redeeming yourself or taking care of people who are, are perpetrating acts of violence against people who look like you, or do you not? And while I don't think that the line is true, I don't think that like white people will respect black people if black people stop Ever. shooting each other. But, right. Right, like that's a thing. Correct. White people kill white people. Asian people kill Asian people. Yep. That's not we don't pathologize that. Right. But we pathologize black the violence against yes. black people because we have to be monsters. Mm-hmm. But with that said, when I look at that is the question is, do you value yourself? And when I look at the, and when I see what, and the, the choice that she's offering him is like, do you, are you going to value yourself? Are you going to give a fuck about what your life can be after this moment? Or are you going to not? And he chooses not and returns to that and dies. <sighs> and so I think that that point is probably maybe not the point he was making, but yeah. I think that's the, <laughs> but I think that's the one that like makes the most sense to me and feels most resonant. Yeah. I can totally get on board with that. Yeah, I think as a kid, I thought it was just about black on black crime. And mm-hmm. I probably believed that that was black people's fault of entirely course. and that kind of thing. Um, and that's what and that is what any respectable ish black person was mm-hmm. told. I grew up I'm from Oakland. I grew up in like the not in like the nice part of Oakland. But boy, we were it was the, the oh, they're not we're not like them. They're doing the following. They need mm-hmm. to pull their pants up, wear a belt, right. learn to speak English correctly, go to school, get that. Like it's, it's a, it's an us them type thing, mm-hmm. and that is the. And and I was our Oakland was one of the Myrtle capitals of the country at this point. Anyway, you were saying, no, that exactly the like this this us versus them kind of thing, um, and respectability politics. I think especially as a woman, I think I'm always have always been inclined towards what what will be respectable and also what will make people leave me the fuck alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And it reminds me of like a lot of the conversation that happened this year around pride. Well, that happens every year about pride Mm -hmm. about like, don't bring your, your fetish and your leather gear to pride. There's kids here. And like the idea that respectability will save us when we know that it will not. Um, It never does. Never will. All it does is repress you. If there is something that you would be into that you're not doing because of said respectability politics. But uh yeah i think you're right i just think don't bring your leather gear to pride if you don't have the ass to fill it out like frankly like if you don't have the ass for assless chaps then don't have assless chaps but like for that's at least my feeling but at the same time like i because you need you need something for that but but respectability will never save any group of people it's just our last ditch attempt to assume that our oppressors are rational and they're not right well the whole pride started from like an uprising Mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially yeah. like the reason we celebrate pride was not from being obedient mm-hmm. and i think the other cool thing about pride that oftentimes like maybe that one like little 
view into it will go viral or something. But it's like people are coming here to be exactly who they are, whether they got the ass to fill out the chaps or not. Like they're here <laughs> in the, in the bot with the body that they have and the and the desires that they have. And do you really think your teenager never thinks about sex? Well, exactly. And do I hope. you? <laughs> yeah. And right. what? Yeah. Like your teenager thinks um, about sex all the time. <laughs> yeah. And they have access. They have the they have the entire internet in their pocket. Right. In their have pocket, dial up yeah. porn. They have the whole thing. It's in Remember pocket. that shit? Yes. I remember downloading porn on fucking Napster. Oh, yeah. Do you give it a day for that Sean Cody video? You'd yeah. be like, all right, when I come home. I want this Falcon feature. Yo, Falcon. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll never and forget. It would be three minutes long. But what I think is interesting about the line we're drawing between those two forms of respectability is that we do that because we believe that if we put forth the quote unquote, and I don't mean this, best of us, right, then right. we can be saved and they'll mm-hmm. take everyone else on their back. But they, they, won't. they won't. And they won't. And so the question is, what are you going to value? Is this man going to value his own life? Is he going to value the lives of other people who look like him or no? Are we as queer people going to value our own self-expression and pleasure and enjoyment? Or are we going to limit ourselves so that other people feel more comfortable? <sighs> That's the question. I know what I'm doing. Same. But respectability. But but that also, it still lives in your heart. Oh, yeah. It still sits right right here. Uh, I'm pointing at my chest, guys. Uh, It still (laughs) sits right there being like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, are you sure? Like, you're going to get your phone? What are you doing? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I think when... It, how it comes up for me, it's like, it's not that I think like, oh, you shouldn't curse and you should be ladylike. Like, mm-hmm. I'm well past that. Yeah. But if I'm like, you know what? You're real crazy, crazy. Like, you should really try to appear more functional so that <laughs> <laughs> so that people will trust you or so that people won't stigmatize, like, whatever diagnosis you're bringing up or, like, whatever activity that you say that you're doing. And, yeah, it's it's just so deeply ingrained mm-hmm. that it's a constant fight. It's like fat phobia. It's like internalized any homophobia, any of those things. Like mm-hmm. we constantly have to work on ourselves and we constantly have to be open to other people who are less marginalized than us telling us what is and what is not. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it goes. That is true. Respectability will never save us. It sure won't. That's true. Thank yep. you so much. Before um, we wrap it up, there's something we always do. We try to decide if a movie gets a pride float or not mm-hmm. um, and whether it gets one in the year it came out or whether it gets one now. Um, would you give Tales in the Hood, Tales of the Hood, Tales, from Tales the in the Hood, Tales from the Hood. From the wow. Hood. You what got it, man. What fucking movie am I talking about? <laughs> That's good. You know the movie, um, obviously. Thank you. Uh, would you give a pride float? I'm going to give it two pride floats. I'm going to give it a pride float in 1995 because clearly um, my pre-gay self was so terrified of HIV that it was already there. And so we were that it was already happening in the show that in the movie. That was great. And I think also now what I love about this movie and why I think it's an into why, why I think it, it, it can float on is that <laughs> it tells a story it tells a story that it both intentionally means to tell and it does not mean to tell it asks it begs questions of us about like what who is complicit and what choices are we making uh and, and what choices do we make as we engage with the broader world and engage with our oppressors that remain true and so even though this movie can rent a car from enterprise <laughs> i think it, it, it's gonna float on mm. I hear that. I, I mean, first of all, I'm like, I want more black people at pride period. So it's mm-hmm. like, we definitely need this flow. Done. <laughs> Done. Um, Done. 100%. But I also think it's like when we tell, if we say that something is a black story, people assume it's not a queer story. Mm-hmm. And th- 
that's clearly not true as our queer black people like queer black selves sit here and talk to each other Mm -hmm. um and so i would probably give it a float just so that black people can be on a float at pride right Um, it can't just be pose yeah i love pose right you can't just be pose Mm -hmm. yeah what would the float look like I mean, I don't know. I think, it, and I also, oh, I'm know. sorry, I, I mean, forgot the other reason why I came up, but because it features a giant penis. Because the movie features a g- prominently for like 30 <laughs> minutes, you're yeah. just staring at a huge dick. Like Isn't that's that the longest of the segments too. It is the it's yeah. the literally the and figuratively segment. the longest of the segments, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that speedo is full, and then it's like, oh, and it's full, and it's like different angles on the huge penis. It's like standing for you, and then it's like he's laying down and it's packed up. It's just <laughs> to the right, to, to the, the left. right, to the left, I mean, yeah. People, the entire world and the entire history of the world is obsessed with black dick. Like, that's, I mean. Camille Grammer, but now we've said it. (laughs) Black dick (laughs) has to show up in a movie about, like, all of these different parts and sex of black life. Like, when I tell you that the world is obsessed with black dick, like, I heard some white neighbors arguing one time. And one of them, like, just had to bring up big black dick and why that was like part of like it it comes up everywhere yes like (laughs) how it was influencing this fight like how is black dick influencing this are you googling that (laughs) (laughs) i'm not googling that i'm one i'm trying to decide if i'm going to pull up you my uh grinder screenshot archives uh for you guys to show you um just some of the fun things i receive on the internet um i think i will let's just I think it's important. I mean, like we have had like small conversations about the apps, but I think it's important mm. to like continue. Well, okay. Let's, that. let's see. There's, this is a favorite. It says, um, I'm into colored men. Oh yeah. This is one personal favorite of like mine. responding immediately. Yeah. <laughs> into it. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more about that. I like the way you speak. Here's yeah. a message. Uh, I'm in LA. I know this sounds bad and I never do this, but I would love to suck on a big black cock tonight. It's just on a Thursday at noon. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I never do this. But yeah. I just stepped off the Clearly bus from you do this. I was yeah, going to say, he sent, that me- he sent that message 40 times. Right. It's, it's a copy paste. It's a copy paste. <laughs> um, uh, copy wait, paste. where's another one? Been craving it so much lately. What have you been craving exactly? Cock. Big black cock. To be more specific. Because I wasn't um, yeah, was, was was specific. Sure, yeah. This one... <laughs> His, he was upset that I was, I said, this isn't going to work out. And he's like, why? And I was like, because your username is BBC lover one is me. <laughs> In case you were confused by the first right. part. Oh my God. Right, right, right. Where's another one? Oh, and then this is a, this is a, a another, another beauty. This is, this I... man is telling me he's never tasted chocolate. I told him to try a uh, Scharfenberger. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Whew. Christ. Yeah. It's, so this is just, uh, this is fun. Anyway, well, there's a lot. If you want to send us in your screenshots from Grindr, oh, uh, yes, please from do. Scruff, <laughs> from Jack, of horrible th- Tinder, whatever, of horrible things people have said to you on dating apps, we are totally open to that <laughs> um, and would love that. Cameron, thank you so much yes. for being oh, here. It was Such a, a, cool discussion. a joy. Um, and I'm so thankful to be able to talk about this movie with a black person because yeah, I, was... I would not have talked about it nope. with someone who was not black. So um, thank you so much. 
and where can we find you? Yeah, where can we find uh, you? Follow me on Twitter at Cameron J. Awesome. That is exactly as it sounds. Follow me on Instagram also at Cameron J. Awesome. As exactly as it sounds on Twitter, on Instagram, I am private. I will allow you though. I just have a stalker, so I have to. Oh, no, it's, it's, real. it's fine. It's I don't real. follow Cameron on Instagram because I'm not on Instagram, but his Twitter oh, account is too. one of my favorites. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's like literally Cameron tweets like, like. <laughs> He's like, one of my. He's one of the viewers. Like, oh, I, Michael liked this. That makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> that one works. You can find me at Michael Ken Ken. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Black Cupcake. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Wolf Pod. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brens. And you can find the show Attack oh, of the yeah. Queer Wolf Pack. Is that what yes. it is? Yes. Yeah. Follow our Facebook group. I forgot to ask them for Shady Summaries. Or did I forget? Um, <laughs> this movie is perfect and should not be shaded that hard. Yes. Um, yeah. Also, in October, I wrote an article for Delirium Magazine about Bride of Chucky and how it still holds up 21 years later. So perfect. Check that out in October. Great. Bye. That's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.